Hey, what's up, guys? And we're back for like another episode of Francis Helena Travel Podcast. But this time, this is so exciting. We have Malakras all the way in Abu Dhabi in the UAE, United Arab Emirates, who actually is also the founder of Queen's Alley Beauty School. And she's going to talk to us about the UAE since she's been living there for 10 years on and off. And she's got some exciting news to share with us as well. So here she is. Hey, Malak. Hi, how are you? Good, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. So, apart Thanks from your amazing me. beauty school, how did you end up in UAE? Um, so, 2009, my mother moved here to teach. Um, and I always, I was living in Sydney at the time, and I always knew I would move here, but um, I just didn't know. The timing is everything. So I stayed in Sydney, she was still here, and then... 2012 in August 25th, <laughs> I moved, finally moved here to the UAE and yeah, that's that's why and how I moved here. Oh, that's awesome. And you guys are originally um, from, from New Zealand, right? But I know you were like Cook Islander and Maori. Yeah, Cook Island Maori. Oh, that's exciting. So that's like a whole different going from west to east and how did you... How do you manage to adapt to that? Easy. Um, you know, if you've never been here before, it kind of takes your breath away because, you know, in the West, everyone's so almost highly strung all the time, you know, like major anxiety and, you know, stressing with their job and careers. But when I got here... And the first time I went to the mall, I was like, what is this? Like, you could hear a pin drop. That's how calm and peaceful the people are. Yeah. So I didn't know people could be like that, you know, because I lived in Sydney and everyone, not everyone, but people <laughs> a bit more crazier. And in New Zealand, you know, people, they're loud and proud, you know, but here... It's beautiful to be uh, reserved and modest. So it was the complete opposite to what I've grown up in. So that was really intriguing. And it got me really interested in why. Um, yeah, I mean, I moved here in my short shorts. You know, my mum is married to an Egyptian. And my mother and I were going for a walk at night. And he's like, Where's she going? She's naked. And my, I was like, what? I've got shorts on. And they're actually longer than the short shorts, you know, booty shorts. <laughs> like by a few inches. And he was so angry that my mother was letting me go outside dressed like that. And um, she's like, oh, be quiet to her husband. And we went out. And honestly, at nighttime, back then 10 years ago, it was predominantly males outside, women, yeah. you didn't really see women outside. 
Um, so nighttime was kind of like men time when they all hung out at cafes and which was interesting as well. Um, but we were walking down the street and all the men were just like staring at me and I felt like Simba when he goes to um, that place with the hyenas. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, Nala, yeah. and they were just like looking at him like a piece of meat. That is exactly what I felt like. And my mum's like, oh, well, you had to learn the hard way. You've got no ears. I was like, yeah, I'm never coming out like this ever again. And I didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that's okay. But, <laughs> but I mean, you've, so, you've literally survived. Like, you... You know, you've been there, like you said, almost 10 years now. So that's pretty, that's pretty amazing. That's a really long time. I know when we lived in Malaysia, we did like five years, but I think Malaysia is a little bit more relaxed, like, you know, even though it is a Muslim country, but because we do what predominantly have like um, Malay, Chinese and Indian. So it's like a little bit more, you know, um, relaxed in that sort of sense. But yeah and then what about the food like it must be so different like you know compared to back home it, it, it is but in sydney i i worked for ge money which is now i think ge capital but i because of my high spending habits i had to get a second job so i worked in burwood at um cafe dior which serve Lebanese food and it was the first time I had tried Lebo food and I fell in love. So um, when I moved here, I kind of already had that experience of Arab, Arabic food. And honestly, when I say no food that I've tried here compares to that cafe in Burwood, which is now closed, I think. Um, so yeah, because of that, I, kind of understood Lebanese, uh, Arabic cuisine, and I think Lebo, Lebanese, I don't know if I'm saying Lebo is on here, it's okay. Um, <laughs> I have Lebanese in Sydney, but out of all the Arabic cuisines I've tried, I have to say Lebanese do it the best. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's okay guys, if you're listening, don't worry, we're not, yeah. Yeah, I, I love my Lebos. <laughs> yeah. I, I have a lot of Lebanese friends in Aussie, and they are the nicest people, like, I used to compare them to Māori, but uh, yeah, we'll just leave it as Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I should say for anybody listening, um, in Australia, we we shorten literally everything, you know, like breakfast, brekkie, so Lebanese, Lebo, so no offence taken, guys. It's just the... It's just no, the yeah, no offence. <laughs> I yeah. consider Lebanese people like my my soul people. I, I get on yeah, with yeah. them really well, and I love how family orientated they are, and just how much they take care of themselves as well. You know, yeah, especially yeah. in Aussie, like my Lebanese friends, are just immaculate. And living here, I've found that every Arabic culture that I've come across is the same way they all take care of themselves really well. Like you'll never really see, I haven't seen an Arabic person here that looks like a mess, you know, who's just yeah. woken up. They like go outside and they look proper and just really presentable. And I love that. I love that about them. Yeah, yeah. 
And then how do you think, like, because obviously you've been there such a long time, like, do you see yourself so different compared to, like, how you were when you first came? Like, have you adapted, like, certain, you know, values and things like that? I think the biggest thing I adopted was modesty. Yeah. Because, you know, I used to love short dresses and, you know, trying to get the boys to look at me. Now... (laughs) (laughs) now I appreciate covering my body and and protecting myself and my you know my skin because it's personal it's a personal thing to you know between you and you know maybe your husband um but yeah I I I, that's the biggest thing I've learned here is modesty is so beautiful oh that's awesome yeah that's so great and do you, do are you always like in the house or do you get to go out and see different, you know, cities or different places? Um, well, it's changed. Like I've lived here over 10 years. The first time I lived here, I became a Muslim. Um, I studied at the Sheikh Zayed School for New Muslims for four months they would send a driver in this beautiful like Lexus to pick me up every day like that's how they were yeah right um and I was here for a year and a half then I moved home because something just told me to move home and I did so I did and I loved it and then I think Four, three years later, my mum called me or her husband and said, I'm going to Egypt to see my parents. You need to come and look after your mother. Like, I'm that daughter for my mother. Come, I need you. I'm like, okay, I'll just quit my job. (laughs) And and so I came and then one month later, I got married to an Emirati, a local from this country. Oh, whole new experience and got to live that Emirati lifestyle which is very you know what I realized is through my husband they because they you know don't drink they don't do drugs they don't they literally their form of spending their money is on travel yeah oh nice yeah yeah so I was married for only two years, but I went to maybe 10 countries in that 10 years, like Africa and Paris and yeah, everywhere and got to live that life, which was cool, but unfortunately it didn't last past two years. Yeah, um, yeah. And then when I left him, I moved back home. Actually, I moved to Sydney for four months to undepress myself. And then I moved home for a year. And then my mother, my brother came in 2019 in December to visit my mum for Christmas. And he came back and said, um, you know, one of us has to go and look after mum because her husband had moved back to Egypt to take care of his sick parents. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he's like, I think you should go. And I was like, of course, I'm, I don't have a life. I, I'll give up my job again. <laughs> so I gave up my job again, gave my class to my brother, came over here January 2020, and then COVID hit in March. So 
alhamdulillah, I'm so grateful that I came because she would have been here alone and it would have really not been cool for her. And so, yeah, it's been this third time of coming back. It's been really, every time has been so different. Yeah. And then last year, my mum's like, okay, going home. And I was like, okay, see ya, I'm staying. And she's like, what? Like, I'm ready to be on my own and start doing my own life, you know, because yeah. she was home, so I didn't have to worry and everyone's good. So I felt like staying here was time for me to do me, you know. Yeah, definitely. You've done fantastically well. So, guys, if you are on um, Instagram, go go check out Queen's Alley Beauty School. Malata, such an amazing job on makeup and she Thank teaches you. so if any of you ladies or gentlemen are listening you know and you want your fabulous makeup tips um just hit her up and then yeah discuss all that but she she's fabulous she's even helping me do my makeup because i um i don't know what's going on I, i'm not really like you know so fancy at it but i was like yeah i've learned from from her so she's really good yeah and how's that going have you been practicing yeah kind of i need to go to the shop and get more stuff actually <laughs> i've run out like i've had you know just some of that um just like things i was like okay i actually don't have that so but i really do need <laughs> to update my makeup um you know compared to when i used to live in new zealand i had like a lot and now i just i just don't have anything so but that's okay <laughs> But other yeah, than that, I think I think that you only need minimum. Yeah, of basic, but the, the the basics that you need. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll maybe I'll make a makeup kit of just basics that you know you can create. For people, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. That yeah. sounds good. Yeah, and then do you, um. Do you, because if there's anybody listening, and I'm sure, you know, especially now everybody's trying to travel somewhere, trying to go anywhere for like a couple of months or whatever. Do you have any beautiful places you can recommend to anybody that comes over to the UAE? Here. Um, yes. So I, I don't really, I wouldn't recommend coming here now in the summer. It's, you can't really do much but go to malls or theme parks. But in the winter, this place goes off. Like, um, they have Global Village in Dubai, um, which is crazy. It's so big and it's just countries from all over the world have these huge mansion looking markets like you walk in and there's Egypt and it's like this big pyramid and then you've got Saudi and America um that is awesome um that's in Dubai and in Abu Dhabi they have the Sheikh Zayed Grand Mosque which is one of my favorite places um so when I first moved here it was so open like you could just park and walk in, walk all over the mosque. But now, I think four years ago, they put security up, they put gates up. You know, you can't go on the main part. I was just like, I have been coming here since the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> but it's absolutely beautiful. It's all white and 
gold and the Sheikh Zayed is like the founding father of the UAE and he created the mosque and he sourced all its materials from different countries so that he could like signify unity. Oh wow, that's so, beautiful, yeah. Yeah, so the, um, the carpet is the biggest carpet in the world inside this mosque. It's so oh. fat and fluffy. And I believe the wool that they used was from New Zealand and Pakistan. Please check. I, I'm, I may be wrong, but yes, I believe it was. And like they've got PowerShell, you know, in the minaret or in the poles and gold, and it's just fabulous. Um, and he's actually buried there as well. Oh, okay, yeah, similar to Taj Mahal, then, like how his wife um, is buried in there. Got, like, yeah, yeah. Um, what else is beautiful here? Jabal Hafid. So Jabal Hafid is in Alain and it's this, like you're all desert, right? And then you get to Alain and then there's this huge mountain made of rock. Yeah. It's just a natural occurrence. And um, so you can drive up there and it's just, it's one of those like nostalgia places for me that I, first kind of went up when I first moved here. So I, yeah. you know, you lose part of your heart in certain places. So that was one of them. Um, and the desert, oh girl, when you go to the desert, going to the desert is like when you go under the water, it's that feeling. Oh, okay, yeah. You, you yeah, if I had to describe it to someone, it's that feeling of serenity, like I could live in the desert. If, some, if my husband ever wanted to, I would. But yeah, so LA, oh, Abu Dhabi's desert is kind of white, cream, feels like butter. Dubai's desert is kind of, it's red, it's, it's orange, it's orange. And then you go to LA and it's red. So the yeah, sands oh, wow. change as you kind of go to different cities, which is really, really beautiful. And in the winter, we used to go to um, this place called the Milky Way, and it's like two hours out of Abu Dhabi, and everyone goes there with their barbecues and food, and it's like the place where you see the stars in this country. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. I always wanted to stay there, but yeah, my friends aren't from New Zealand. So <laughs> they wouldn't just sleep with a sleeping bag under the stars, but I totally would. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's all right. Yeah. And so how do people how do people get to the desert? Like they just you can like go for a tour type thing or you just you just walk out. They have, so you can you can do this with the Milky Way, it's got this long dirt road through the desert. So you just yeah. drive along it, park on the side, but they have safaris for the tourists, so a four-wheel drive will come and pick you up and then take you dune bashing, like, honestly, on huge dunes. I don't know how they don't, I don't know how you don't die, but they're just so good at it. And you're going sideways on the sand dunes and they, and they don't go slow because they can't go slow or they would roll. 
but they have safaris. So they'll pick you up, drive you through the desert, going crazy, and then ta-da, in the middle of the desert, there's like this beautiful camp with camels and four-wheel quad bikes, um, and they have belly dancers and buffet food, and that is like the number one thing to do if you ever come here. Oh, that's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, it is. It is definitely a bucket list thing. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. And so you, because you, um, because you said you're now a Muslim, how has that shaped your life? Like, you know, I know um, from my experience, Coming from the West, a lot of people, they say things like, oh, Muslim people are terrorists, or, you know, Muslim women, they dress like this or like that, or Muslim men, they treat their women badly or whatever. How has that, you know, shaped your experience just going from um, the West to East? Mm, so when I moved here, I... I unconsciously didn't know that I had the idea that Muslims were terrorists and it wasn't until I got here and I saw how calm the people were I was like what the hell this is the most peaceful people I've ever seen and it was at that moment that I realized the western media and their propaganda and you know since a child watching the war in Iraq you know like it was all so lie it was just a bunch of lies that they just fed to us so i actually got quite angry at that because i hate being led you know yeah. i was angry at myself for for not questioning what i thought or you know just believing what i've been told yeah. um so yeah, that was quite lovely, I must say, to realise that it was a big fat lie that, you know, the Western media had been and still is feeding people. So, so yeah, I don't watch the news anymore <laughs> for a reason. Um, yeah, so that they're not they're not at all. I've 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 never met a crazy person here. <laughs> so yeah. you know <laughs> that says something yeah yeah for sure and I know um you like to drink coffee <laughs> so um is there a big difference between the coffee here and the coffee back home I mean coffee there I should say I don't know why I said here <laughs> yeah so the the first thing you get hooked on here when you try it, it costs one dirham, and maybe it's two now after 10 years, but it's Indian chai karak. Have you tried it before? No, I don't think. Oh, I've tried chai, but I don't know if that if, if that's similar. I'm not sure. I don't think so. Yeah, it's called karak. It's one dirham, and girl, let me tell you, it's the best tea. It's tea. Yeah. It's the best tea you'll ever try. It's like they do put a lot of sugar in, but it's burnt tea so they just keep boiling it and boiling it and they use this condensed milk called rainbow milk and oh my god it's just so young so we started with that <laughs> and then 
me and my mum used to go to our favourite cafe called Shakespeare, which is done up like a dollhouse inside, like a doll from the 1920s or it's probably called Shakespeare because of his era. It's yeah. like designed in, in his era, but with a modern twist. And I used to have Moroccan tea. Have you heard of Moroccan tea? I've heard of it, but I haven't haven't had a shot to try it yet. <laughs> oh, so yum. I miss it because I haven't had one in years now. But it's green tea with mint, and I used to get honey instead of sugar. So I went to that. And then I went to Turkey for two months, came back loving Turkish coffee, being a hardcore, like, yeah, this is what good <laughs> people drink. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I switched to the local Emirati coffee, which is just black coffee as well, but they make their own. Every It's amazing that every culture has their own way of doing coffee and how they drink it. Like the most boring of it all is the Western coffee, you know, the instant coffee. Yeah. It's just so boring. But now that's what I drink. I've gone back to that because it's... um. I suppose you can't take the Nescafe out of a person who grew up on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, that's cool. And then, um, like, because the UAE is a Muslim country, most of the food would be, like, halal. And I think, you know, coming from a Western perspective or even for us living in the West, we have this, perception of what halal actually is you know like people have you know just the like ah oh, halal like I don't want to try it but you know maybe you can explain to us more what exactly halal is yeah so halal is a way of slaughtering the animal and if you youtube it as well it's quite peaceful like you know if you youtube how the westerners slaughter cows it's just like they're hanging by the head and chopped yeah, it's so gruesome, just machines. But the way that it's meant to be done, the halal way, is facing the the slaughterhouse or wherever, wherever it is in the world to Mecca to the Kaaba, and they actually pronounce like Bismillah over the animal, and that means in the name of Allah, and then they just gently slice its neck and all the blood runs out so there's no blood left in the animal and that's what makes it halal that whole kind of ritual yeah 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 because now like in Australia right now we now I was walking in the shop there's an actual section in the shop of coals and it's actually um a halal section so I was actually surprised now they're starting to slowly introduce halal and people people still sort of look at it but then I'm like you just went to the Malaysian or Turkey restaurant I guarantee you that must have been halal right so but people yeah. aren't really aware of it like that yeah so yeah it's um actually quite clean or you know it's it's not done it's quite humane to some I mean, if you're an advocate for PETA, then it probably wouldn't be, but you know, <laughs> it is yeah. like, if, if you YouTube it and have a look, it looks okay. But um, yeah. so here, 
they have in the grocery store, they, it's all halal, and then they'll have a section behind doors for non-Muslims where they sell pig and non-halal meat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like the opposite to, yeah, the West. Yeah. Oh, there you go. That, that's pretty, that's still pretty cool, at least, like, you know, mm. they, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, like, Filipinos live under me, and they have a barbecue, and I'm like, in my house and I'm like what's that weird smell and then I'm like pig because I don't smell it often enough it's got this distinct smell and I'm like yeah. oh man that's weird because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have to say before I became Muslim pig was my favorite meat like I was that girl who ate bacon for days oh wow yeah were my favorite so when i embraced islam i was like no more pig for me <laughs> yeah 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 for sure and i mean i don't eat much pig but i you know i did read like about it as well and i was like oh okay because they eat the pig eats a lot like of things and yeah it was interesting well, to read. I, yeah. I also heard that pigs don't sweat and that's why bacon tastes salty Oh, there you go. There you go. That's an interesting fact. There you go, guys. Yeah, you can look that one up. Yeah. Think of that when you're eating your bacon. Yeah. Mm. And then, um, and how are women there? Because I know a lot of people have this perception of Middle Eastern women, like they don't go outside. They don't, you know, because the because Muslim, uh, well, some well actually mo most of the middle east i could say is or was predominantly a male dominated like society but i know it's slowly they're slowly changing and things like that how do you see that in the uae like well i don't think that it was male dominated yeah. i just think that they've got it right when it comes to the male and female you know what i mean like yeah. you'll never catch an a arab woman here cutting firewood or lifting heavy boxes or yeah. changing a car tire you know they're very distinct in in the roles of men and women which is really really beautiful like she is at home she has her jewellery, her beautiful clothes, she has her tea parties with her friends, she goes <laughs> shopping at the malls, like, yeah. they live like, I'm going to say it, how a girl should live, in my perspective, like, yeah, it's not that it is dominated, they just very, you know, women know what's up and men know what's up, like, he goes out, he works, she doesn't have to work, his money is her money, you know, she controls the household, the maids, because everyone here has a maid. They have a cleaner. Yeah, they have yeah. nanny. So she, you know, and my mother was a teacher, a tutor here in the last years of her time here for the Emirati people. And she got a lot of them through uni. And she thought it was so beautiful that she never talked to the wife about payment or about the schoolwork. It was always the husband. Oh yeah, well, like he go. was yeah. always leading the education of the children, and my mum thought that was just so 
amazing that a, a man, a father, was the head of the house and the you know his children, which yeah. I don't think really is the case in the West so much because women yeah. are so yeah wrong headed. <laughs> But here yeah. they just know their duties and they do it really well. Yeah. And to the West, it looks like domination and yeah. all that. But when yeah. you're here, you want that life. You want to be treated like a queen and a princess and, you know, not have to stress or worry about money or or anything. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, and one thing you'll notice is Arab women do not have wrinkles. Like, yeah, they don't. Yeah. And they look like they're in their 30s because... They live as much as they can stress-free. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because I had a um, Irish, uh, what do you call it? Saudi housemate um, and, yeah, in, in Australia, and he was studying here, but he'd been to the U.S. and everything like that, but um, he was getting an arranged marriage, and he was telling me that him and his fiancé at the time they had discussed whether or not she wanted to work. So she was given that option, but she decided, mm -hmm. nah, I don't want to work. So, you know, and then from his perspective, he was explaining to me, um, you know, that's basically, you know, that's what we've been taught culturally. Like, we're going to look after the kids, you know, we're going to pay for this, pay for that, and all this sort of thing. So, you know, and whether she wants to work or not, you know, I can support that and, you know, be there if she wants to. If she doesn't want to work, that's cool, then I've got it. Like, so it was really, it was really interesting. It was really good to actually, you know, to kind of like hear that from, from his perspective and stuff like that. So, and he was um, one, of, one of six, but he was the only boy. So he was like, yeah, man, like my sisters, they're really spoiled, you know, like my dad, you know would take care of him, mom, whatever they want, like they, you know, they get it, all this sort of stuff. But, you know, it wasn't just to just like spoil them, but, you know, they had that option of if they wanted to work or not. So I think that was, like mm -hmm. you said, it's really beautiful. Like people just, you know, they know they can take care of themselves or whatever, you know, they have that. Their roles. Yeah. The women yeah. are women and men are men. And there's yeah, no yeah. gray line. Like, I feel like in the West, we've just so blurred the line between genders, you know, woman yeah, empowerment, definitely. female empowerment, and, you know, it's like empower your home to be great. Yeah. You know, you don't have to go and empower the woman out there. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Women sure. already got too much power and the men are kind of falling off to the wayside. But, but here, no, it's beautiful. And men hang another thing men hang out you know they you will see more men at cafes here than anywhere else in the world like they <laughs> love to hang out and chat together like in the west you'll never get four moldy dudes just every week meeting up for coffees and enjoying each other's <laughs> company so much as you do with the arabs they yeah. love it yeah and i think yeah. it's beautiful for them you know, because they keep their man friends, their manlyhood, you know. Um, it's They've got really beautiful ways about them. And I think the West could do well by kind of mimicking how they, how they are. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, because I know when I lived in Malaysia, we, um, 
when I think it must have been when it's like winter time or something, but we would get a lot of um, women coming from from the Middle East, like you know, families going on vacation, and you would always see the women, you know, they have their burqa on and everything, but there were all the women are always at the jewelry shop, like they're looking at the jewelry. And then one time we went to, I think my mother and I went to the bathroom and there was this lady, um, she, you know, um, had her burqa off and everything, doing her makeup, but she just had the most beautiful eyes, like, you know, underneath all that, you know, just getting ready. And it was just really, yeah, it was just really stunning. Like they're really like well put together or, you know, and I was like, oh, wow, that's so, you know, and I think just that perspective, because I know in some European countries, right, they put that ban on burkas and all this sort of stuff. So it's really, you know, I think when you see it for yourself, you kind of really like start to understand a bit more or when you talk to people. So, yeah. Really yeah, I mean, I used to wear the full-on burqa yeah. up until like March this year. I loved it. I loved going out, just seeing my eyes, and that's all you got to see. You know, like it's, yeah. it's it was like it was me. It, I'm a precious diamond under there that no one gets to look at. You know? Yeah, yeah, such a beautiful thing, and. We got a, because my mum tutored a lot of the local people here, we would often get invited to their homes because every Friday the families will meet and have lunch. Every Friday, like without fail, that's what they do here, which is so beautiful. Like, you know, in the West, we don't, we go for a few years without seeing our parents. We're not here, yeah. that doesn't exist. That's, you know, abnormal. But once we got invited to a house and, you know, you see all the little kids playing, they're all cousins. And then there was this 12 year old girl and she's sitting with us very quiet and calm. And, and the mother told me that she's just, you know, come into womanhood and, and got her period. So now she can't play with her boy cousins. And she can't play outside. So now she sits with all the women and she now has become a woman. So she sits with them. She she does everything that the women do and they're sitting around us, me and my mother, and all the gold and jewels. And I'm just like, oh, my God, I want this life. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so the, from a young age, as soon as they get their period, they're they put with the woman and that's why you'll meet them like 18 19 and they act really mature because yeah. they start from yeah. such a young age like it's just so much to learn from this culture and how they roll like you want to build women you teach them from a young age how to be a woman you know yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely and we should tell people that's real gold guys real gold <laughs> It is real gold. Like I couldn't believe I was looking at a young twelve-year-old act so poised and yeah. just and just looking at all their aunties, you know, and just loving how beautiful they act and their character and their behaviour. And then she just takes it all in, and you'll never meet a 
um, uh, and no, you know, like a out the gate immorality, you know, yeah. like yeah. they're all very just well spoken, very amazing manners. Um, it does actually Dubai because Dubai is so different to Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi is very calm and still OG. Um, but Dubai is, you know, very mixed and they're a lot more open, the Emirati women there. So you'll find when you talk to the Emirati women from different cities, they're all like, oh, yeah, Dubai women are a bit more open. You know, in Abu Dhabi, they're a bit more modest. And yeah. in LA, yeah. they're a bit more chilled out. You know, that they won't wear makeup every day, whereas here, they kind of will. And, and in Dubai, they wear it every day, you know, so... Yeah, but that's about as out the gate as it gets. It's like chilled out, original, and then kind of open, but but not like Western open. <laughs> yeah, we are, we're we're a little bit too open sometimes. I think in the West, like we're, a bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, life is temporary. You are who you are and you grew up how you grew up. But it's beautiful when you can admire other cultures and kind of take some of the beautiful things about them. Yeah, so. yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And so being a Muslim, do you, do you pray? I do. Yeah. Oh, lovely. Because that's like five times a day, right? It is. Um, so I was, um, it's, I, I want to say that I was an Islamic Muslim for 10 years, but in March, I have to, I actually left Islam. Yeah. Um, I still consider myself a Muslim because I still worship Allah, but I just don't belong to religion anymore. I actually took myself out of it. Um, and that wasn't an easy decision, but it came after a year of, someone hit me with this question which who was also a Muslim and um, the question kind of forced me to question it and I tried to research what she was saying was wrong and and what I found was that she was right so I had to after a year of oh my gosh Allah is this true is this what I'm doing I was like oh, I'm just gonna jump off the edge and then in March I left Islam but I love, you know, I, I, I will never judge, go hard, you want to be a, you know, in Islam, you want to be a Christian, go for it. But I'm, I, and it's such a touchy subject because, yeah, yeah. you know, religion just is, and I think it's such a personal thing. Yeah. Um, but then at the same time, I don't, because I don't care what people say, you know what I mean? Yeah, so I'm yeah. Like, oh, judge me if, if you do, judge me if you don't. But no, I have a great relationship with Allah. And I actually fell in love with Allah before I even moved here. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't even know much about, I didn't know what Islam was actually when I moved here. But I had an experience with him in 2012, in January, and it just, I fell in love with him. So when I moved here and then heard about Islam, I was like, oh, okay, I'll be a Muslim. 
you know, but I already had that relationship with him beforehand. So I've gone back to that relationship, but a lot better, I think, because I learned a lot in the 10 years. Yeah. As a, as awesome. Oh, lovely. That's so awesome. Yeah. Mm. And what can you say? Um, we're nearly running out of time, but what can you say to people who have never had the opportunity to experience another culture? Like, um, how can they be more, because when you travel, and even this is coming from a personal experience, when you travel, I feel you definitely have to be open-minded. And I know you definitely will get a culture shock. I've seen, I've seen some people I've taken overseas for the first time and they just went, whoa some people embraced it but then some people they went into the little hermit crab shell and had to tap on the shell like you're coming out yeah yeah so yeah how do you um what's the best advice you can give on that I think you just be open like I've always kind of been like that though when I travel I'm my I'm like a little kid in a candy shop like (laughs) you know like my eyes are wide open to it all and I just take it all in. Um, I think the biggest surprise for me, though, was when I went to Africa. And, you know, as a kid, you watch all these World Vision ads, like, of kids in Africa starving and dying. And, and it is true. Um, and then the, the thing, like, what is it? That man who does, like, Planet Earth. And he's David Yeah, and he shows all the lions fighting and the animals are all fighting. Then you go to Africa and we went on a safari. Oh my God, all the animals are so chilled out, all hanging out together on the field. And I'm just like, what is he on about? Like, if people acted like these animals, it would be a better world. Like, yeah, I was like, what and then like the tour guide the safari man he's like he's like you see those lions over there sleep I was like yeah he's like lions sleep 18 hours and then they get up to go and eat and I'm (laughs) like so David Attenborough is just showing that small window when lions get up and are hungry and then just presents it to the world as if that's what it's always like no it's not um, lions are so lazy i was like oh my god 18 hours they're just like big fat babies yeah, yeah um yeah. and when no one's hungry they're all on the same field just chilling out antelopes zebras lions i was like really got to start showing the truth on tv you know just not just trying to make a show but show reality instead of editing and just taking the crazy parts to make people even more crazy really yeah i don't want to tv it's just even dave and attenborough show was fake (laughs) i was like what's not fake in this world like seriously yeah yeah because i was reading about hippos um how they actually create the river i didn't actually know that but they actually create the river stream and all this because they and I was like oh that's fascinating because you know people are always like oh hippos and hippos do kill more more than sharks do because people be like oh sharks you know they're scary and everything but 
you know, it's interesting to see how even though the hippo, any animal would defend its territory, that type of thing. But it's also amazing to see how they actually create the planet that we live on. Like it's really, it's really fascinating. So mm, yeah. they are cute, but yeah, um, you'd have to be pretty close to a hippo. <laughs> Kill you, I'm like, leave the wildlife alone. <laughs> Oh, that's all right. Well, thank you so much for sharing your experience. And I believe you are going on this new adventure, right? After 10 years, you are now shipping out to some beautiful place. And, you know, maybe when you get there, we can talk about that place eventually. So that is exciting. Yeah, that'll be cool. Yeah. I know. I'm excited. I'm sad, but I'm excited. But I'm sad, but yeah. I'm excited, you know. Oh, right. <laughs> so shall we tell everybody where you're going or is it a, is it a secret? <laughs> it's a secret for now. Okay. I don't want to get stalkers in the new country. <laughs> that's a, that's, that's <laughs> Yeah, I didn't think about that. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I was like, do I want to like place? Oh, yeah, I'm here now. I'm staying here. I find that a bit weird. Yeah. Oh, yeah that's so good. Something's got to stay private. That's so good. Well, thank you so much. And we will definitely, um, you know, touch base and catch up with you guys. And so you guys that are listening, thank you so much for listening. And thank you to Malak, who is fabulous. So yeah, guys, in the comments below, just let us know what you think and what you feel and how you, you know, if you have any of your own experiences you want to share, that would be fabulous. And if you have been to the UAE if you know any other places that people can visit drop that down and Malak's info for her beauty school Instagram is um, going to be in the comments as well um, in the description so thank you guys for listening and thank you Malak and we will see you guys soon thank you I enjoyed that thank you